0: My name is Greg Ashbaugh. Today I'm interviewing Dr. Gary Donovitz, a board-certified OBGYN and the founder of BioT Medical. Founded in 2009, BioT has grown to become the nation's leader in hormone optimization. Today, BioT's network of more than 2,200 providers throughout North America has completed more than 1.2 million pellet insertions. You are listening to the second of three podcasts that describe how BioT's method of hormone optimization may benefit your patients and grow your practice. In this episode, Dr. Donovitz is going to talk about what's wrong with the status quo in both conventional and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and what bioidentical hormone optimization is really all about. First things first, Dr. Donovitz, thank you for joining me today, and welcome.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Dr. Donovitz, as I alluded to a moment ago, you founded BioT 10 years ago. Before we talk about BioT specifically, tell us how and why you became interested in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy.
1: Well, I've been doing bioidentical hormone replacement therapy since the mid-90s, but mostly patches and creams uh, and some pills because I really wasn't using pellets back then. What I found was that the bioidentical hormones were better than the synthetic hormones, but the bioidentical creams and the bioidentical patches, even the pills, weren't really optimizing uh, people's hormones and they still weren't feeling uh, their best. So I knew what we were doing wasn't working. And it wasn't until really one patient who had come to me on pellet therapy, uh, that changed the course of history for me. And that was really the foundation upon which BioT was started.
0: Bioidenticals are better in what way?
1: Well, the bioidentical hormones are both plant-based and identical to the hormones that your body has made throughout your life. So whether it's testosterone or whether it's estradiol, it's the same hormone that your body made from your ovary or your testicle. When you use synthetic hormones, the molecule is different. Those receptors in your body, whether it's in your brain, your heart, your bones, your breast, your prostate, your muscle, wherever, are not looking for those synthetic hormones. So the benefits from synthetic hormones are always going to be less, and the risk and the side effects are always going to be higher. So that's one of the reasons I switched off to the bioidentical hormones in the mid-90s. Um, and at that time, again, people did better than they were on synthetic hormones, but they still weren't doing as, as well as they could do. Uh, and part of the reason was we didn't have a good way to optimize testosterone. Uh, number one. Number two, we didn't have a good way to get consistent blood levels with estrogen, so there was always big spikes in sort of a roller coaster ride. Because of that, and because of that roller coaster ride, patients didn't feel their best. It was only when we could get consistent blood levels that we were able to uh, optimize hormones in a safe way where the benefits were better and the risk were lower and the side effects were minimal. And you'll see that when we get to talking about what are the side effects, and after more than a million procedures, what makes this so successful and so safe.
0: So how did things grow from there? When you first got involved, you say in the mid-90s, what happened from there? How did things grow? What was the process?
1: Yeah, I did uh, creams for um, patches and pills for probably 10 years, and again, it was better than synthetics. It wasn't until around 2005, 2006, where I had a patient who actually got pelleted somewhere else in another state. And she was actually my best friend's wife, and she said, you know, I feel so much better because prior to that, we were unable to get her hormones optimized, whether it was pills or patches or creams, and she'd had a hysterectomy for fibroid tumors and really felt miserable. She was depressed. She had no sex drive. She was gaining weight. She really was not functioning very well in her marriage or in her work. And once she got pelleted, she said, My life has changed. I'm off my antidepressants. I feel so much better. I've lost all this weight. I have this amazing sex drive. And my, I've got my marriage back and my life back. And I was like, Wow, that's amazing. And I did a lot of due diligence and, uh, on pellet therapy. And then I got trained in pellet therapy around that time and began pelleting uh, patients, uh, both men and women, and saw the amazing results myself. But then I figured out, well, Just getting a training and a weekend course isn't going to be the best way for people to learn this because there's too many nuances. There's too many differences between women. Some are old, some are young, some are thin, some are overweight. And the same with men. And there's other medical conditions that could affect how do you optimize these hormones. And then what about thyroid? And then what about vitamins? And nothing out there put together an entire optimization program until I started BioT.
0: Okay, some claim though that bioidentical hormones with quotes around it is really a marketing term. While there may be some truth to that, please help us understand the difference between bioidenticals and synthetic hormones.
1: The idea that bioidentical hormones is a marketing term comes from the fact that the FDA doesn't recognize the term bioidentical. So for me, often I'll talk about human identical hormones because that's what they are. It's it's, it's human-identical hormones that are the same as your testosterone or a woman's testosterone and estradiol, which is the same hormone that they've been making their whole life. Because the FDA hasn't ever recognized that term a bioidentical, people think it's a marketing ploy, but it's not a marketing ploy. It's, it's a way to give people the hormones that their body is missing in the right dose with a hormone that is safer Than the synthetic hormones. Now, the synthetic hormones are patentable, meaning you can either patent the delivery method or you could patent the hormone. It's much easier to patent a molecule than it is a delivery method. So, because of that, and at the same time that pellet therapy really took off, which was back in 1949. Premarin came out, which is what you would think of as as horse estrogen that has been administered to women now for nearly 80 years. And that horse estrogen was marketed by a company because they had a patent on it. So molecules that are synthetic are easy to patent uh, versus how do you deliver that hormone. So because of that, most companies try to create synthetic hormones that they can patent because there's a lot more profit in it. So really the marketing flow is on their side because we're not really marketing pellet therapy. We're training physicians in pellet therapy and how to optimize their patients' hormones. We're not really looking to go out and and advertise pellets as a type of therapy to bring people in. We're saying this is the best therapy to optimize people's hormones that are already in your practice. So I think it's actually the opposite. I think the marketing employees on the synthetic side, and they've spent way more money marketing with big pharmaceutical companies than than BioT has ever thought about spending.
0: When one researches bioidenticals, you can quickly see that there's a negative stigma attached to them. But how much of that is really the result of how bioidentical hormones have been historically produced, like in compounding pharmacies, for example?
1: Part of the problem was that bioidenticals were made in compounding pharmacies because there was no way to get bioidentical hormones through big pharmaceutical companies, not in the delivery methods that we wanted. And So compounding pharmacies took the lead because we were doing such a horrible job in replacing hormones and we were using synthetic hormones. When they started producing hormones, there was very little regulation. And it wasn't until probably eight years ago when the FDA said, wait a minute, we need to regulate these pharmacies. And they didn't have a great way to do it. So they created a new designation called 503B. 503B is what's called an outsourced pharmacy, which is very much like a manufacturer of uh, pharmaceuticals. And they have very high standards. So because of that, and because of those high standards, We're able to produce those hormones in an FDA-regulated place now. So the 503As, which were the original compounding pharmacies, uh, hopefully are, are taking a back seat to what we're doing because the purity is better at the 503B level. The potency is more consistent, and the sterility is as high as you can get it. So for all of those reasons uh it's better to do it the way we're doing it in 503b manufacturers so we are under fda guidelines all of the substances that we're producing are fda approved meaning the testosterone's fda approved and the estradiol's fda approved and now the fda is regulating the process of how we manufacture the pellets that's really uh, what leads to the safest and the best pellets versus people who are just in a compounding pharmacy uh, making pellets with no regulation and I'm not really on board with that.
0: So it seems you and at least 2,200 BioT providers are dissatisfied with the status quo when it comes to hormone optimization, hormone replacement therapy. What is the current standard of care for hormone replacement therapy and what do you believe are its limitations?
1: First of all, standard of care, most people don't even understand what that term is, but standard of care is really set by the physicians. And we now have more not just 3,000, we have about 4,300 practitioners that are trained and certified across the United States, all 50 states. So those physicians in their area can set the standard of care. FDA doesn't set standard of care. FDA is there to approve pharmaceutical products Um, that are synthetic products that supposedly have the same benefits uh, as your your normal hormones, but then they don't. So they don't have the same benefits and they have more risk factors. But yet the FDA approves those. The FDA doesn't set standard of care. So we set standard of care. And by having 4,300 practitioners, that allows us a better opportunity to set standard of care in each state. So that's that's important. Well, where we're at... um, in terms of standard of care, is the larger we grow the BioT network, the better we are capable of defending this attack on bioidentical hormones by Big Pharma, because Big Pharma would say they would rather you use all FDA-approved synthetic hormones that you have to buy from a pharmacy, and they would think that that's a better way because that's where their profits come from, but that's not what the patients believe makes them feel the best. And so we're really a consumer-driven company, meaning the patients are now driving their health care. If they want to co-pilot their health care, they really want to feel their best in order to do that. And by hormone optimization versus just replacing hormones, they have their best opportunity to co-pilot their health care, reduce the number of medications that they're on, and long-term, reduce the number of the diseases that they would have been candidates for that they'll no longer have to worry about.
0: Including some that come from all the different treatments that they might be on for various problems, correct?
1: Exactly. So if you take, for instance, PremPro, you're at increased risk for heart attack, stroke, blood clots, and breast cancer. With the hormones that we're talking about, that Bio-T uses, you've actually got about a 70% reduction in breast cancer. And that's what studies have shown. You have a reduction in Alzheimer's disease, and estrogen and testosterone have both been shown to be protected to the brain. There's not any studies that have shown that synthetic progestins are, are beneficial to the brain, and in fact, they're deleterious to the brain. It's the same with the heart. And the synthetic progestins are deleterious to the breast. So knowing all of that, there's no way that the synthetic hormones can say that they're as good or better than bioidentical hormones.
0: So this is really about improving people's lives and reducing symptoms. And you're an OBGYN. I imagine that a big part of any OBGYN's practice is that there is menopause. There's hormone imbalance, hormone insufficiency for lack of a better term. Tell us more about the, the symptoms of these women, menopausal women, must endure due to dropping estrogen and testosterone levels.
1: Well, you should probably start with premenopausal versus menopausal because women start losing testosterone at age 25. Most people don't realize that. By the age of 40, they've lost half of their testosterone. So when you see women in their mid-20s or late 20s, early 30s who are depressed, who don't have any energy, whose sex drive has fallen, whose weight has gone up, particularly around the midsection, who have brain fog and they're not sleeping well, rather than treat them with sleeping pills and memory pills and diet pills and all these pills, it would be better to have optimized their hormones. It's just because the FDA doesn't even recognize testosterone as the important hormone for women they've never FDA approved a testosterone product yet for women except for hypoactive sexual dysphoric dysfunction so that's kind of weird because the testosterone uh, the International Consensus Group that met two years ago in fact that article was just published the International Consensus Group on testosterone in women unanimously said that testosterone was the most important hormone for women and in fact, testosterone was there to treat the symptoms of the menopause, since you ask about menopause, uh, before estrogen was there and treated 90% of those symptoms. So it's actually a more important hormone than estrogen. And in fact, I'm writing a new book on that. It's called Testosterone Matters More. And uh, it's a playoff of uh, another book that's out called That Says Estrogen Matters, but actually, testosterone matters. More and you'll see why when we get to some of the benefits. So in addition to those side effects, once you lose estrogen at the time of menopause, now you start to have hot flashes of vaginal dryness and more mood problems and more sleep problems. Um, and so that goes along with the loss of estrogen, and that usually occurs in the early 50s.
0: When you speak to doctors, I understand that you often ask the audience Why are we focusing solely on the risks of hormone replacement therapy without considering the benefits? So what exactly are those benefits that aren't part of that overall perspective?
1: It's not just the doctors, it's the patients. When you try to put a female patient on hormones, so many times they say, well, I don't want to take hormones because they cause breast cancer. Uh, But I say, what if they didn't cause breast cancer? What if hormones reduced your risk for breast cancer? They've never heard that, and neither have the doctors for that matter. Uh, when you say to the patients, I want to put you on hormones, and they say, well, I'm worried about heart attacks and strokes and blood clots. What happened was they heard about the WHI study back in 2002. They heard at that study using synthetic hormones, and there only was two, two different hormones in that whole study, uh, PremPro and Premarin, that there was an increased risk of heart attack, strokes, blood clots, and breast cancer. And then all these articles came out, Time Magazine and everything else, and scared people. So they quit taking their hormones. In fact, 80% of people either quit prescribing or quit taking their hormones in the early 2000s. That really opened up a void and an opportunity for BioT to say, what if you could get the benefits that you need from hormone optimization with none of those risks because non-oral bioidentical hormones, meaning anything taken either pellet or cream or patch, has no increase in heart attack, no increase in stroke, no increase in blood clots. And using testosterone, we found we can reduce the risk of breast cancer. In fact, we're just finishing the largest study that's ever been done in the history of the planet on prevention of breast cancer Um, and that study should get published early next year.
0: We'll talk a lot more about the business logistics of BioT in our third and final podcast of this series, but for now, give us a sense of how big the hormone deficiency epidemic is and how respected ethical doctors can help their patients and at the same time grow their practice.
1: Well, I think part of the problem when you look at growing your practice is that most physicians don't realize who is in their practice that would benefit, who's in their practice that has testosterone insufficiency, who in their practice is premenopausal that they put on medications that they didn't realize that it was their hormones. It wasn't something else. They had joint pain. They had weight gain. They had low sex drive. They weren't sleeping well. All those things we talked about. And so they've never had a way to filter those patients. We actually have a great health screening questionnaire that we believe all practices should use in terms of screening all of their patients. That questionnaire will actually find who is a candidate in their practice. From a a broad perspective, there's 81 million premenopausal women who would benefit from having their testosterone optimized. As I said before, 50% of those women are going to have half as much Or or, or most of those women are going to have half as much of their testosterone by the time they get to age 40 which is why they don't feel as well as they did when they were in their 20s so we're simply returning them to that time in their life when they felt their best there's 80 million postmenopausal women and most postmenopausal women have been told that hormones were dangerous now physicians can go wait there's all these benefits from using bioidentical hormones we can do it safely You don't have to worry about heart attacks, blood clots, uh, strokes, and breast cancer. In fact, we can reduce your breast cancer. And moreover, it's not something you just want to take for the shortest time possible, which is what a lot of the medical societies have said. What you really want to do is take the hormones for the longest time possible because the longer you take your hormones, the better you feel no matter what your age, which is the whole premise of the first book, which is Age Healthier, Live Happier, is you should try to make people feel their best no matter what their age, which is why we don't have any upper limit in terms of who we would pellet for BioT because we want everybody to feel their best no matter what their age, whether it's your parents or your grandparents.
0: So we're talking about ethical treatment of patients and actually serving the function of doctors, you know, helping people. The transformation is for patients, but isn't there also a transformation on the provider side?
1: Most providers went to medical school or nursing school or nurse practitioner school to learn to do health care somehow they came out and they were transformed to doing disease management so every time there's a problem here's a pill here's a patch here's a cream and the patients never are going to feel as good on multiple medications because all the medications come with side effects and then you have to treat those side effects So the transformation and really the leap of faith for us is get away from what you have been doing, which isn't working, and get back into healthcare. In other words, preventative healthcare. In other words, preventing Alzheimer's and cardiovascular disease, preventing breast cancer, preventing prostate cancer, so that you're actually in the business of healthcare versus in the business of disease management. Patients feel a lot better, and then they tell other patients how they feel, which drives new patients to your practice. This is a very consumer-driven uh, opportunity. So now if you want to build your practice, it's not just those people in your practice who would benefit from hormone optimization and pellet therapy, it's their friends and the other people's families who will then come and see you. So it's a practice builder for sure.
0: So any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: One of the things that I think the listeners should understand is when you went to school, when we went to medical school, and even residency for that matter, we didn't get a lot of training in hormones. When we got out of residency, the hormone training was done by pharmaceutical reps. They either came to your office or took you to dinners or whatever. That's not really adequate in terms of how do you optimize people's hormones. So, to do it safely, one, you should be trained. You should go back and learn about the hormones, what do they do, what's the best way to administer them, using the proper dose, using the highest quality hormones, and then if you do all of those things right, you can do it safely and you can transform people's lives. Changing people's lives is really what BioT is all about. We set out to change healthcare, we never set out to sell pellets or anything else. And I think if people would get into what we do in terms of hormone optimization and put the patients first, the profits will come. So many people come to training and they're thinking of this as a profit center versus a way to bring patients back into the healthcare system. In other words, get patients, make them healthier, prevent diseases long-term, have them recommend their friends so that their friends, family, and staff all feel better. That's a completely different concept that they've ever been exposed to before. And when you change a patient's lives, that's, that will never be forgotten and those people will send patients to you. And that's really the take-home message. We've had trouble before because physicians are like, well, the medical societies aren't on board with testosterone. But now with the consensus paper out there, there there's an international consensus group that has set the standard, which is testosterone is the most important hormone for women. Then how do you administer, what's the safest way to administer it, and how do you dose it? Our dosing site is based on 30 years of patient experience. No one else has a dosing site with that many permutations, four million permutations. Nobody else has a dosing site that has 1.3 million procedures experience using it, and in those 1.3 million procedures, you have less than 1% complications. Nothing else that the physician does in his practice, whether it's surgery or office surgery or anything, could they do a million times over and get less than 1% complications? So we've created at BioT a safety net, and that safety net allows you to do advanced hormone optimization using testosterone, using thyroid, using estrogen with a very high-level nutraceutical product line, all private labeled for your office, and you can do all of that safely, and you can do all of that as a profit center for your office and a practice builder, without having to worry about um, side effects and complications and medical legal risk. In fact, for that 1.3 million procedures, Biot has never had a lawsuit at all.
0: All right, well, Dr. Donovitz, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: In our next podcast, How to Successfully Integrate Biot's Method of Bioidentical Hormone Replacement Therapy into your practice, Dr. Corey Rice shares the secrets he learned while helping his patients and growing a million-dollar BioT practice. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a certified BioT provider, please call 866-568-1381. Once again, the phone number, 866-568-1381. Or visit www evolutionbiot.com. Once again,
1: evolutionbiot.com. Thanks for listening.